On tonight's podcast, we are speaking with Sean Gibson, a journalist in Barrie, Ontario, and the owner and promoter of Barrie Wrestling. All right. All right. So thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in this week. I'm so excited for with our guest this week because I've known him for a very long time, and I've never had an opportunity to have a conversation like this before with you. <laughs> So this is this is something I've been looking forward to for a long time. Um, the guest today is Sean Gibson, the promoter and owner of Barry Wrestling and a f- journalist in Barry. Uh, we're going to talk to Sean a lot more in just a second, but before we do, I just want to say hi to Mark and Aurora, our co-hosts this week. Uh, guys, how you doing? Aurora, go ahead. I'm doing really well. It's been a fairly busy week at uh, work. Uh, we're down a person. Um, because one of my staff went to Romania, um, but I have, you know, positive news. I'm babysitting my mom's cats, and I'm just in cuteness overload all the time. So, are they going to make an appearance tonight, or what? Uh, I, I don't want them to come into the podcast room um, because there's other things in here, and I wouldn't want them to like not potentially knock things over. But maybe later, I'll bring them down, like um, after. Maybe. See how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You've been wanting you've been wanting some sort of little critter in the house for a while. So yes, yes. Their kittens are crazy, uh, but it's a lot of fun. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. Mark, how about you? I'm doing well. Um, excellent as a matter of fact. Um, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Uh, I know I missed some some shows there that we taped. I had uh, some house guests actually here in Thunder Bay, so it was good. Uh, had some family stop by and stay a couple of nights on their way through. So it was really great to actually see uh, a familiar face from Southern Ontario. Lots of fun there, and uh, I'm still I'm still channeling that uh, that chef from that show with Christina. I did more ribs last night on the smoker, and uh, oh, it turned yeah. out they turned out awesome. Jeez, it was, that uh, show made a lasting impression on you. Yeah, it's, yeah, I've just been experimenting like crazy, and uh, you know, work, work is work. It's a uh, it's busy. You know, we've still got vaccinations happening and, and lots of stuff happening. So it's it's just a super busy time, but always uh, great to be back on the show. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Um, Sean, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just uh, back to work this week. I was off last week, so uh, I was uh, back at it. But yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm really good. I mean, there's been things happening with you in my life, which is really exciting. We did some stuff for the uh, All Ontario Cup, which I'm stoked with. Uh, The photos turned out pretty cool. Um, But... You know, there's so much more that you do than just wrestling. I could spend yeah. an entire podcast just talking to you about your wrestling stuff, but let's not talk about that yet. For sure. Let's talk about the real job, your nine to five, the yeah. thing that pays the bills, the thing that you uh, you have to do, but do you enjoy to do? I mean, that's why I've invited you on here. You've managed to take your passions, writing and all the other things that you do, and turn them into your day-to-day life, whether it's the wrestling stuff, which is, I mean, you've admitted that's fun, that's that's your fun time. Yeah. And then the other stuff. So why don't you first tell us what is it that you do? What is your, uh, your primary nine to five? So, and, and, uh, my wife, Amanda will laugh at the nine to five, the, my eight to whatever, 10, 12, whatever, but no, but my <laughs> nine to five job is, uh, I'm a reporter for Barry today news. So barrytoday.com And, uh, we've got different outlets. Uh, Village media owns different uh, media outlets throughout the province. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a reporter with them. Um, I've been doing that for quite a while. I was freelancing 
for many years while I held a job at uh, warehouses and trucking companies. But uh, I just did the, I gotta, I gotta do this. So um, I just jumped full in on full-time freelance and uh, they eventually hired me on. But yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. And it is totally no hours. I mean, you're just yeah, it's crazy. I, and I, I make a joke about that, but it, I mean, it is more or less, uh, you know, like an eight to nine, eight to five, nine to five kind of thing. Um, but you know, you, you sit. It's happened before. You're sitting on a couch, and uh, I'll get a message from somebody like, "Hey, there's like a huge fire, or there was this major accident. And, you know, you gotta, you know, get dressed, hop out the door, and and get going." So. Um, yeah, it's it, it can be it can be pretty it can be pretty erratic at times. The tornado that just came through here was kind of completely off guard, obviously. Okay, so let's let's go to that for a quick second. The tornado yeah. we just had a, a massive tornado, like a legit Kentucky tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Going through Barry, which that never happens. So how does that happen for you? What how does your day begin? Uh, walk us through what happened through that whole process, because I th I think that that'd be really interesting. It was, you know, my editor was off, so there was a few of us working, and um, the main editor that was working and overseeing things from Aurelia. Um, but it was a slow day. Like I was kind of, I was kind of putting stuff off. I had a story to do, and I was like, oh, I'll get to it. There's no rush, no big deal. Started getting the warnings or the, or the watches that there was something coming, but we get those all the time. So it wasn't, you know, I was keeping my eye on it, but nothing big. And uh, we just started, I just, I don't know what it was. There was something about it. It was one of those hunches. And I, I just went outside and I said, to, I said to Amanda, I'm going to take a drive. The south end is getting reports of some heavy winds. I'm going to take a drive that way. Like if you go down my street, you can kind of see over the lake and then see the south end of town. Um, I wasn't getting the greatest view. So I just kind of kept driving that way. And my editor messaged me and said, hey, you know, my wife just said there was a tornado in the south end. So I asked somebody else, they said, yeah, yeah, you know, it just went by my, my mother-in-law's house. And so I just booted it over there. Um, and you get there and I, I, you know, I've not done a tornado before, obviously. Um, but I got to the south end and, and it was, I knew something was up because I had to pull over five times for emergency vehicles to go by and getting closer to the area, I had my windows down. The south end, I mean, it was just, there was just sirens in the sky. It was just nonstop sirens. Um, I got up to the school that was kind of close to where there was a lot of, you could see there was a lot of heavy, you know, um, traffic for emergency vehicles. And, you know, there was shingles off of roofs and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I parked the car and I kept, I was walking up and um, it was kind of disarray at the time. It was pretty early after it. I was there, you know, maybe 10 minutes after it happened. And, there was a guy behind me and he said, Hey, you, I was going to go up the street just because basically we had heard that a little plaza on the corner had been hit. So I was going to get some photos of that. And he said, you don't want to go up there, man. And I was like, um, no, thank you. I'm good. I, I got it. And he's like, no, really, you don't want to go down that street. I'm like, I I'm probably not, but I'm media. It's my job. Thanks a lot. You know? And, and I, as we got closer to the street, it was kind of blocked by a big fence. And I, I thought maybe I sounded off with him. So I, I just turned around and said, Hey, I appreciate the advice, I, but I, I, I'm media and I got to go. He's like, okay. And um, as I turned kind of back around, I had kind of got to the corner of the street and I saw the street and I was not ready for it. Like it, like my breath, it did do the literal taking my breath away um, and walking. I mean, there was just roofs off of houses. There was a house collapsed. There was 
a car flipped over. There was two cars flipped over. There, it was just, it was from a movie. And I, I just wasn't, I hadn't seen that in person. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just really bad. It was really, I mean, nobody died. That's that's all that matters. Yeah, but that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was just crazy, and um, and my data wasn't working, so I had, I took a ton of pictures, and then you kind of look around and go, okay, get get it together, and uh, do your job. So I, I I snapped as many pictures with my phone, and I was just gonna send them to my editor and say, here, throw them up, say a perennial touchdown or something, and we'll get more story to come. But I couldn't get it to him because it, it wouldn't send. I could call him, I could do everything, but data, and uh, obviously no Wi-Fi. So. I told him that he said, okay, keep trying. Like, let's get this up as quick as possible. So I had to actually, it started to downpour. And so everybody ran to their vehicles or wherever they could. And I just started driving around the area to see if I could pick up a signal. And I had to go d way down the street. And I, I, there was a lady standing outside her house. Um, and she was pretty far away from the, from the scene. And I just said, I explained who I was. Can I use your Wi-Fi?" And uh, so they let me use their Wi-Fi their wi and I threw my pictures up to my editor and then I went back. But yeah, it was something else. You're just not ready for it when you see when you don't see it. That had to have been the craziest story you've had to cover so far. It, uh, it was the craziest. Um, it was definitely, there was a huge fire like when I was a freelance writer. That was huge. But um, actually my, my daughter just asked me earlier because I was telling about like today there was a story today and you know, a firefighter who had retired uh, last year, uh, but recently found out that he has stage four cancer and it's likely because of his job as a firefighter. And uh, he has 12 days. Um, and he's, he's, he's at that point. So, you know, it was calling, calling the numbers we had for the, the chief or the, it was one of the people he works with and then getting the number to his hospital room and his brother. So, uh, the plan was I was thought I was talking to him and the brother. He couldn't speak, and I'm happy he wasn't able to really communicate at the time. Um, he was able to, like he sat up. There was a big parade. The story was there was a big parade that went by the hospital. There had to be about 50 fire trucks, and uh, they just saluted him and, and said goodbye. But I was talking to my daughter about that, and it. She said that must be the hardest story you've done, and I'm like, no, I, I think the hardest one I've done is Roberta Place, the 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 seniors. Oh. Yeah. During COVID, you know, uh, 41 days of an outbreak and 71 deaths. And every day it was just 4.30, their media contact would get a hold of me and say, hey, Sean, we have an updated number. So it was just basically like, you know, two deaths, this many illnesses, five deaths, this many illnesses, four, five, six, one, two, three, and then one day was nine. And that was, that was, uh, I was crying. I was typing at my computer crying. It was around dinner time, so I couldn't go have dinner and, um, the next day was like two days later was eight. That was another emotional day. And that, that took a toll. That was a, I think that'll be one of those ones that like, you know, 20 years from now, someone will say, what was your hardest story? And I'll say Roberta place. Yeah. And unfortunately that brings you back to the whole COVID world. And yeah. I yeah. Mean, this is as a reporter, you're probably never going to get past that. It's no, thankfully though, if you read online, I'm getting paid big bucks by other governments to write stories for them. <laughs> <laughs> true, no, is paying me lots of money. Uh, no, but it, I mean, there's so many that is wrong with it, so much that is wrong with it, right? I mean, it's every story can come back to COVID. You know, it's like do a story on a, a business that's starting up. Awesome. Oh, 
how'd you do that in COVID times? And how'd you, everything comes back to COVID. And yeah, it doesn't matter what you put on there. It doesn't matter what the story is. There's, you know, 90 people ready to tell you the line about it. You know, you're, you're part of the problem and you just kind of, you got to shrug it off eventually, you know? Yeah. Well, that kind of goes with my next question for you. I mean, how do you handle not only shrugging it off and, and having all the, the COVID idiots and the, the stupid people that just like to just bash about anything that they can, because you're yeah. going to get, you're going to get the brunt of that as a reporter, your, your face is out there, or your words are out yeah. there. But beyond that, how do you just deal with all of the stresses of being a reporter and seeing the things that you do? A big part of our show is mental health. And, yeah, you know, the reason that we each do this podcast individually, or a big reason, at least, I can't speak for every reason, but a big reason is because it's good for our mental health, right? Like we are, we have enjoyed uh, talking to people and so on. This has been part of our therapy. Do you have anything that you do for your therapy? I know Amanda and she's amazing. And Dixie's yeah. breaking my window down. Give me one second. <laughs> If I, if I don't do this, and there's going to be all hell breaking loose. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. Um, I, you know, actually, for the for the COVID stuff, there's just, you know, you have to, you know, my editors often said, okay, tone it down. Like you kind of you kind of want to go back with them, but there's no point. There's no logic to to. There's just nothing. There's no point going back and forth with people. Um, but a good example would be the Roberta place. Um, you know there was only one option and that was to do the job. There was no other option. So it wasn't like, I can't do this anymore. I quit. Um, but I remember one night my editor said, Hey man, you up for a call? And I was like, no, I'm not right now. And um, he kind of left it. And then he kind of called me like in an hour. He's like, are you, are you good? Like what's wrong with you? And I was like, that was a bad day. He's like, why? What happened? And I'm like, nine deaths, nine deaths. And he's like, Oh, he goes, yeah, yeah, no. Okay. And he didn't know that. And um, I was emotional about it. And I, he said, I said, I, it's hard, man. And he said, do you want me to get someone else to do it? And I was like, no, like, I'm in, I, but I, it's just hard. And I found, I said to him, I said, it's hard to do. I, my emails were the same and I had to reword them. But basically what I was asking that media lady was, what were the death numbers today? Hey, let's do the numbers. What were the numbers? And that's, I, it was too hard. So um, yeah. I started doing stories. You know, I reached, there was a Facebook group about the Roberta place people that have passed and, and share your stories. And um, I asked the administrator, she was a nurse at Roberta place. And I said, here's what I'm doing. Here's my job. Can you talk to families if they want to talk and tell us who these people are? Like, who is it that died? Their grandmother died. What did she do? What's her story? Cause they may not have grew up in Barry. Maybe they came from another city, but they're Barry now, you know? And, um, she did that. She reached out to many families, and, and I think I was able to get uh, maybe fifteen or maybe fifteen to twenty stories, maybe. Um, and that helped me. Like it made me realize that it wasn't just I'm not just doing the numbers, and I'm not just some you know heartless reporter. Like we're trying to get more out there. So every time I get a you know for every ten um, you know negative responses, I'll get. I'll get messages from people saying, "Hey, uh, you did a story on my grandma." Or today, you know, after today's uh, the one of the firefighters messaged me and said, "Hey, read your story, man. That was fantastic. The family's really happy." And and that's, I mean, I can get trolled five hundred times tonight. It won't matter. You know, I, I'm feeling good. So, that's yeah, the mental health aspect's hard in this job for sure, for sure. Um, how does family help you with that? 
Uh, they're good. Like they're they're pretty good. Amanda kind of. I get to my office and uh, she kind of asks, "How's your day going? What's your story?" And I'll tell her the story. And you know, I, like today's story with the firefighter, I you know posted the original story about uh, what was happening, letting people know it was this parade was happening. And then I had to get over to the parade, so I went upstairs to get dressed, and I opened the door, and her face was kind of red. And she's like, I just read your story. Like, she's like, that's, that's terrible. And so if I want to talk, she'll, you know, kind of talk a little bit about it, but she, she just knows, give me a little bit of space. Let me, if it's, if one of those deep stories, then, then, uh, then just give me the space, but then I'll talk about it later. Um, some of it's hard. Some of it's hard and not to keep going, but I did, there was one a little while ago last year of a, a plane crash in Midland and the police weren't talking and we were like, People are asking what happened to the plane and they were not talking. And then we kind of went, okay, was it one person in the plane? They're like, yep. And we're like, okay. So we started searching the name and I found the wife on Facebook and she was talking about if you're, you know, if you're struggling for mental health, seek help. And it was a suicide. And uh, mm. then it's my job to Facebook message this wife and say, Hey, do you want to talk? And you feel like a jerk, but she was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's time we did. And we, I did that story. And, and that was just powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. Like she was so brave to speak about it. But um, yeah, the mental health, that, that was hard to listen to. But after it was done, you're like, this might help somebody. Somebody might, read yeah, it, yeah. it might help them. So, Brian, I know you and myself, the mental health is a big thing. Like we, we talk about it often on our shows and, and different aspects of life. But it, it needs to, to be talked about, you know, enough time. To... Yeah, I agree with you. And again, that's a big part of why we do the show in general. Yeah. Um, now, mental health, I find being in retail sales, in cameras, in the world of, you know, creative people, uh, a lot of people during COVID were drawn to being more creative for their mental health. Um, in the questions that I sent you, I asked you, what is your creative specialty? And you answered writing as a journalist and a creative writer. Yeah. I feel I do well at it because I love it. Now, even through all the hard stories and all the other things, do you still have that passion? Do you still have that love for being a creative writer? And do you find creative writing helps you telling the journalistic side? Because I know in photography, you can't mess up a photo. You can't edit a photo for right. journalism. It is what it is. Um, and writing, you have to also give that kind of um, – level-headed view of it, I guess. Yeah. So do you find your creative writing experience has helped you with the other side of things just to keep things more, you know, a happy or a lighter side to a story or anything? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I like to write on the side. I've, I've, you know, as every writer wants to, the, you know, I've got like three books I want to write. So if it gets really tough, I kind of dive into that aspect of my mind and try to, um, try to focus on that um, and, and work we're kind of through that work through those situations and those stories I want to write. And it kind of draws me away that I'm not thinking about the stories I just did. Um, and I can just be creative, you know, cause you do a story like any, any news story and you it's facts. What did they say? What did that person say? That's the facts. This is what's right. happening with creatively. I can just kind of play around with it. I, I can have fun with it. I, you know, and it, it, it really takes you places like writing and reading just takes you places. So it does help a lot. Awesome. I, I feel like, though, you have been able to, just like from listening to this conversation, you have been able to take a creative approach to journalism, though. 
because there's a lot of people out there who would be writing a COVID story, like in the nursing home, and they would just be reporting the numbers and the tragedy and like the hardship on the staff and that kind of thing. Um, and not necessarily tell the stories of the people that were lost as a result yeah. of that. You've, you've taken kind of a, um, you're presenting the facts, but it's in a very unique and creative way. And I think that's yeah. really awesome oh, um, that you're you. able to kind of like pull that, uh, even if it's, even though it's delivering facts, you're kind of able to pull your passion into it. Yeah. It, so. I learned that um, it's not as a serious topic, but when I was, uh, I was freelancing years and years ago, and I was living in Brampton, and I covered a um, I covered a curling event for, and it was a great thing for a freelancer. It was the Ontario Women's Scotties, so uh, teams from all over Ontario came to the Dixie Curling Club. So as a freelancer, I reached out to the the paper in Ottawa and said, "Hey, instead of sending someone down here, I'll cover it and send you." So I covered all these different rinks, and as a new freelance writer or a younger freelance writer, I was. I was like, okay, I, I got to cover the game and this player and this player. And uh, oh, man, I can't remember his name. A guy from the Toronto Sun, and he used to write columns all the time. And he was there and just kind of taking it in, very polite. Hey, how's everybody doing? No pen, no paper, no recorder, just watching. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to read what he writes this week and see. And he, 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 wrote, a, he wrote a story. I, I clipped it out. It's somewhere in my house. And basically, while, while I'm trying to find all this stuff about all these players, he started. I remember he started off basically saying, like, the most important person at the curling rink, uh, I, I spoke to them in the bowels of the rink. He's the ice maker. And he did this story on the guy who puts gets the ice ready and how hard that is. Because it wasn't just like a, oh, it's easy. I mean, it's a hard job. I, I've watched it before. And tell me your story. Well, I, and he was in it for like 30 years and he see this player come through here. And every time I'm stuck, I think of that story. And I think, how can I take a back door to this story? And uh, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It's, it was such a great story. Such a great column. That's, That's so a great awesome. example too. That's a really <laughs> great yeah, example. For sure. Yeah. Like, it, it was for sure. so much fun. It's a way to be creative and not, because you don't want to tell the same story everybody else is telling a thousand times over, you know. Yeah. Um, the day with the tornado, we were, you know, it's get the destruction, get talk to people, talk to this. And my editor was like, somebody find an insurance adjuster the next day. Like, find them on site. And it's like, yeah, that's right. Talk to them. Because that's a lot of people have that question, right? So um, mm -hmm. like back door to it for sure. And the insurance that's part, so that's good. interesting. I remember when we had a windstorm here a few years ago, they took a bunch of roofs off and there were people coming in from Calgary and uh, all over the place to, I don't know if it was all scamming or what, but I'm sure there was a, a ton of that going on with the sure. insurance for up in there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There was, yeah. We had to cover that side of it too. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Mark, did you have anything you wanted to ask? Uh, uh, no, I was very similar to, to what Aurora said. I, I love that you take a different spin on it. And I love the example of the ice maker. That's just uh, yeah. something that people don't think about. And as a photographer, quite often you're, you're taking a picture and I mean, you can go see the Taj Mahal yeah. and, and then you can turn around and say, um, I, I've got that picture, but everybody has that picture of the Taj Mahal. Yeah. So take it from a different angle, take it from a lower angle or a side angle or whatever. And yeah. that's the same way you're spinning that story. So I guess my question is, is when you've got a, a story like, uh, we'll use the tornado, um, it affected so many people um, and there are so many stories to tell and so many um, spins on it. 
um, how how do you sort of pick which one is the most important for you to cover at that time, or or are you gauging it on other media outlets and what they're doing and saying, okay, I need to be a little bit different. Um, with the situation of the tornado, it was immediately um, just finding someone to speak to, and that's always tough because I, I I just really hate to invade someone's privacy after something like that's happened, but. Yeah. That's the job. So, you know, there was a family sitting near the school that turned into the the uh, the command post for everything, and uh, they were sitting there, and you could tell that they clearly had they had rushed out of the house. They had had to rush out and rush out. And I spoke to the one girl, and she was open. She was like, "Yeah, I'll tell you." And she had some great quotes. You know, I ran into the closet, and things was flying through my window, and so that was that was great. And then that was pretty much the best the best one. And then I just had to go find a few more. You got to talk to as many people as possible. And there's some people who, you know, one guy was, I, I'd say he was rude, but he just had his house damaged. He wasn't rude. He didn't want to talk, you know? And I was just like, no problem, sir. Like, absolutely. I hear you. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's just, you know, you'll see other outlets that are there and on CTV, but we, we get along too. I mean, if it's a, if I get an email about a private story and it's like, Hey, you might want to know about this. I'm only telling you guys because I trust you guys. Uh, then I don't share that until we put it out there and we try to break it as soon as possible. But in a situation like like the tornado, you know, we get along. We're, I've often said we're all we're all on different teams, but we're on the, we're in the same league. So, yeah. you know, something I, I won't. I'm trying to beat that news outlet every day. We are trying to we are trying to kick their butt every day. But I'll be damned if I'm going to let them get slammed by some troll on social media or, or somebody's smack talking them. That's you know a politician or or anybody. You know we're on the same team, so um, we've we've got to act like it. But yeah, in a situation like tornado, it's it's kind of fend for yourself in the chaos, and then as the days go on, it, it kind of you kind of start to work together in a sense when you can. Absolutely. So I, I've seen a lot come out from the tornado. Obviously, um, I lived, uh, well, two years ago, I lived about five minutes from there. I lived in Innisfil, um, at the north end of Innisfil. So um, that would have been right in my backyard. Um, but I've seen a lot of stories come out from the tornado, from the community outreach and all of the helpers they had. Uh, I saw one snippet about how many volunteers they were expecting. Yeah. I think they said 60 to 70 volunteers and they had hundreds show yeah. up to help hmm. with the cleanup. So that's, uh, those are great things. And and. As a rule, I don't spend a lot of time reading the news. Right. Um, yep. but, but as a rule, when I do read the news, I read the entire article. Yes. Um, so, and, and as I know, a lot of times uh, uh, a headline can be forced that sensationalism to grab you. For sure. But, um, my question is, when you're dealing with that headline, uh, how do you how do you deal with the headline and then the story to make sure that they tie together? Um, so that it's not just a sensationalist headline, like you <laughs> yeah. know something like Nikon closing. All, all camera divisions and shutting down. What? What? Uh, and then you, and then you what are you talking it, about? Right? And then don't, you read don't, the article. Don't joke, don't joke about it. <laughs> and then, you read the, then you read the article <laughs> and it's, they're closing down all <laughs> of their camera divisions shutting down for Christmas Day. Yeah, right? yeah. So so that's how they, they grab you with the headline for and bring sure. you in. For sure. And, and I can't deny that happens. Obviously, there's times that happens. Um, with the tornado, uh, one of our reporters interviewed um, – yeah, I can't remember his name, but he's he's a famous guy who chases tornadoes, and he works at university. and And he said his quote was that you know Barry is is prone to tornadoes. And and while people would say, well, you had one in '85, and you had one the other day, 
That's not the case. We had 185. There was one in Angus that didn't get this way. And we've got those storms coming through here all the time just because the tornado didn't touch down. And somebody, uh, somebody I know, we're friendly, but um, he's very opinionated, like, you know, and he said, you know, quit the sensationalist headlines. Well, I didn't write the story. I didn't write the article, but that's my, that's my fellow reporter. So I said, nothing wrong with the headline, man. Like, it's a fine. And he's like, it's not prone to tornadoes. And I didn't even get a response back in until other people chimed in and said, actually, I had just said to my wife, Barry's prone to tornadoes. Because um, the numbers are, and I don't remember how it went, but we've had two or three in the area since 85 or, or on record. And yeah. it's, that's way more. And that's only two or three, way more than other areas. Like our areas had double what other areas are prone to. So and we are also known for getting like really bad snowstorms. Like there's yeah, a snow we're belt, right belt. Yeah, we're right on that belt. And so we get <laughs> yeah. the weather, we get the snow, we get the, the you know. Um, but with the sensationalist headlines, um, yeah, there there are times that you 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 know you basically if some if a guy gives you a good quote, somebody gives you a good quote, that quote will usually go in the headline, and it's like that's the quote. Like he said that. You know what do you want me to do? Um, but yeah, yeah. try to encourage people to read the whole story because yeah. not everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually, uh, I lived in the area in 85. So I lived oh, in wow. Newmarket and uh, I remember when those tornadoes went through. I, I remember I was at my friend's house and the sky was literally green. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Was, it was the craziest thing I think I've ever seen to date. And then afterwards, uh, I think it was two days later, I was asked to come and help move debris at my girlfriend's house, at her sorry, yeah. at her grandmother's house. So we were in Orangeville, and there were the craziest thing I'd ever seen at that time was there was a tree that had fallen on our house, but there was one branch that had come through, and you didn't you didn't see where it came through, but then when you opened the kitchen cupboard, there was this branch coming oh, through, no and it had gone down through all the dishes and everything, and you know there was her dad oh, and her uncles, yeah. and they were all cutting it. And my job was just literally when they cut stuff was to drag it out of the house, right? Right. So yeah. That yeah. was the way it worked, but yeah, you don't even know what's going to happen with yeah. these storms. Yeah. And it's so crazy, it was, you know. I mean, especially once you heard no one reports, no one had died, no major injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, Amanda was like, "How's it going?" You know, and I was like, it, "You know, it's kind of crazy." And you know, it was funny because she never asked, "Do you know what time you're going to be home?" Just so I can throw your dinner in, or because she knew. Because the truth is, while while I hate it, while you while you hate to have to stand out in the rain, I love it. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. And my editor, who was off that week, he's like, oh, hey, what's going on? I said, yeah, I'm there. He's like, okay, I'm coming over. And I said, uh, "I said we're good. We got, like, four people. And he's like, what, are you kidding me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, true. He's the same way. You know, and I remember it was, like, 9 o'clock, and the editor on call for us said, he called me. He's like, hey, how you doing? I said, good. I'm getting a few more picks. And he's like, you know, we're, we're probably good. You could probably leave and because I was going back in the morning, but it was, it was one of those things where I think he was told, like, if you don't tell Sean to leave, he'll camp overnight. So like, cause you do, you just, you just love it. You don't want to miss anything. The adrenaline's going. And, and uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. And, and there were definitely stories to tell. Like I said, I saw so yeah. many stories after the initial, here's the damage and here's what happened. And of course, being thankful that nobody was killed. Yeah. Um, and then finding out the different stories. Uh, I read one story about, uh, I think it was a paramedic and all of the other paramedics chipped in to help him out financially and things like that. So yeah, yeah. uh, That was one of our board counselors, um, Natalie Harris. Uh, She was, you know, I'm very friendly with her daughter for a while. And she was kind of one of the bigger stories that came out of it. She, she had video of coming up the stairs in the basement and 
the sky was there and she was kept going, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, I did a story with her the next day. I, I was yeah. standing there and she showed up and she said, oh, I got to go to the house. Cause I got to grab stuff from my car. And I said, no, we'll go, we'll come with you. And I said, can I interview you? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I did with video, which I don't usually do. And, you know, it sucks, but it was good as a reporter was she, she got emotional, like very emotional. And, um, and cause it was just coming back to the scene and realizing that her son was sitting in that window upstairs and it w probably had his headphones on or she, and she hadn't said, let's get downstairs. It could have been different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so obviously you talked about covering uh, a curling tournament. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a little flip here. Um, what and, and obviously I know you promote the wrestling, but what other types of events do you? Um, obviously, the, the, a newsworthy event like a tornado is something that's it's important for people to know the, the facts on. But what yeah. other types of events do you like to cover um, that are not necessarily, um, you know, a, a bad event or a negative event that has happened? Well, and, and I so we all cover I cover everything sports, entertainment, all that. But I love. I mean, like, and I'm counting it down now. I love municipal election coverage, and I know that makes me sound like such a geek, but it is such a rush. Like, we've got 10 wars in this community, so, you know, there's 10 different things going on. So when we first started Barry Today, my editor and me and one other guy who's a photographer, and he could write up a couple stories. He could do what he had to do, but he was a photographer mainly. And we just kind of had a game plan and get to this party and get to this one, and if he loses, go see him and do this. We've got more reporters now, so it'll be split up a lot more. But just the I'm a political junkie, so just to get the elections going and all the stuff behind the scenes and all that, just oh man, I love that stuff. I, I live for that. Um, I'll, I'll call you when the next election comes up because I, I I'm a political um, I'm a dunce. I, yeah. I know nothing about it. I have to read the platform and go, okay, which one do I think will be will tell yeah. the most truth out of this? Yeah. Squeeze yeah. the truth out. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't I don't know until it's coming up and I have to research it because yeah. I don't follow it. I, I won't I won't follow it. Yeah. Oh, I, I just vote for who has the best hair because I'm, yeah. I'm lacking in that department. <laughs> yeah. So I just need people with better hair making decisions for me. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned about um, the feedback you get from people and how it bothers you or it doesn't bother you. You can just deal with it. Um, yeah. The back and forth. You don't get into it. But I know for a fact you do get into it when it comes to the wrestling world. Ah, uh, get into it. You got to get into it. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's get into some wrestling stuff. Unless Aurora or Mark, you guys have any more questions about uh, the, the journalistic side of, of Sean's world? Honestly, I had a kind of a similar question in relation to what you were just about to talk about. Um, do you have any advice for people uh, – Creative people, um, more specifically journalists, in dealing with people who are critical or um, are, you know, like just flat out rude to uh, reporters and stuff like that. Do you have any advice? I do. I'm going to plug a light in first. And, uh, I'll, see if that, I'll see if that works. How's that? Is that okay? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, what I've learned is, and it's tough, COVID really made it tough. Um, but yeah. what I've learned is, is if you let it, if you don't say anything, you know what I mean? But people that get on there that, to complain about, but you know, we'll call them trolls, obviously they're, it yeah. doesn't, they're not on to hear opinions. They just, they're there to voice their opinion and they want, they have all time, all the time in the world likely to, to troll you. And when they really, yeah, they love it. 
what I found is we don't need to. I would tell a reporter, don't comment back. One, because it's actually probably in your contract with work not to. And but two is there's people out there that will they'll they'll nail them. You don't need to do it because you'll have other people that'll say, "Did you not read the story? Did you not see what they were trying to say?" So you don't have to fight back because it, it's never going to go the way you want it to. Um, yeah, it, it, there's there's no point, and it's frustrating as it is. And sometimes you got to walk, turn it off, and walk away. Um, and sometimes I find that to be best. Sometimes I'll mute it. I'll mute the conversations if it's on one of my stories. Um, but I've, I've had it before. Like I've had my editor. <laughs> I know that you know it's gone to me, and I'll be sitting on the couch, and I'll be messaging, or I'll be saying something back, and I'll just get a text from him. He's like, "Time to time to hold <laughs> back <it>. away slowly." <laughs> and yeah, he's like, "That was a little offside." I was like, "Okay, okay. yeah, okay, never mind," because um, it is tough. It's it's really tough. Um, because you just want to, you want to fight back. You want to, you want to shake them and say, you know, whatever, whatever the, whatever the situation is. But it's just best to walk away. I would tell them yeah. just to leave it. It's not your job to. What, what's the saying I like is it's not your business what other people think about you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's actually advice. that's actually really really good advice. Yeah. Um, and and it is hard. I, I used to do that. I was that guy that would, you know, I'd see a, a comment that wasn't right and I'd I'd fire my two cents worth. Yeah. And then you end up getting into it and. And one day I looked at my wife and I went, you know what? I, I just had an epiphany. And she goes, what? And I said, it's not my job to please the idiots. You yeah, know, exactly. So at that yeah. point, I made it, a, a, I, I don't feed trolls and I don't read spam. And that's, that's it. right. And, <laughs> and Brian and I, Brian and I have a friend. And this is the, this is the God honest truth. And you'll hear this and realize I've been doing it. I think he knows I'm doing it. We have a friend named Jim Lowe, who's uh very, very smart politically. Like he just don't debate. He knows what he's talking about. And, um, if ever something's out of hand, uh, I'll often message him and with a screenshot and say, "Can you believe this guy?" And then I'll just leave it because Jim will jump in there and go right yeah. at him, and then I don't have to do anything. So yeah, <laughs> nice. Jim's awesome. He's, he's, like, he's like the bulldog. You've yeah, oh yeah, just wind him up, let him go. And he doesn't care. He'll he'll no. say what he wants to say. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and that's also why he's such a great ring announcer in wrestling. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Right. Like he can he he's quick and he can come right cool. in off the cuff. Um, yeah. You've got a great group of people that you've assembled for your wrestling. Uh, being a wrestling promoter, that's like a. I, I run day trips and I love sitting down and planning a schedule. And you know, you we've talked about me and my schedules and yeah. all the things that I love to do and plan. And I, I love it. I just love that's it. Great. You've got to feel the same way with planning for wrestling. I mean, it's not just picking a day, finding a location, getting the right people. But now you got to create storylines, and not just storylines for that day. Yeah. But you're thinking four or five years in advance sometimes for some yeah. storylines. How how did you find the love for wrestling? How did you get involved in being a promoter? And um, is it all you wanted it to be? Um, you know, I, I was I've been a fan since I was seven. You know, I'm 44, and I've been a fan forever. <clears throat> so, you know. I've always wanted to. I wanted to be a wrestler at one point, but clearly not enough. It was it was a lot of money. We I grew up not a lot of money, so um, I just kind of left it. But how I got into it was there was a guy who was doing shows in, in Barry, and uh, for the for the as a freelance writer, I went to cover it. And he was like, "Hey, you can help out if you want, and help me do my online stuff." And I was like, "Great." And he needed a bigger space, and I said, well, "I have a gym at my church," so. 
he came out to that. He, he started there. My pastor, he's about the same age as me, and he's a big wrestling fan. He was like, this is fantastic. And so the guy ran for a couple of years, a year and a half, maybe two years, probably, I think. I think. And uh, um, the shows started to dwindle, and no, you know, they weren't getting, they weren't good. Uh, the, the gentleman had, he was having issues at home and, and health issues. And um, one day there was a show outdoors, and it was horrible. It was really bad. And my pastor was mad. He was like, this is the last show. Because we don't do bad stuff at this church. And I was like, I hear you. I, I got you. And um, I wanted to talk to the guy. I didn't even have a chance. I got to work. I was working at a warehouse in town. And I walked to the door. And the guys were like, you must be stoked, man. Are you taking over? And I was like, what? And they said, yeah. He just posted that he's hanging it up. So I checked Facebook. And, and I called him and said, listen, you know, this is doing really well for our church. Can I, can I take over? You know, wrestling, right? It's your territory. Can I take over? And, He's like, yeah, have at it, you know. It's so it did. Uh, you know, there was a our first show was November 2014, and and we've been going pretty much monthly. That we started off tri monthly at first, but um, yeah, since 2015 October, we've gone monthly uh, every ever, ever since. Yeah, I'm just I'm just sitting thinking about all the photos that I've taken. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and this is the truth, and and he, yeah. Ryan will say, no, 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 but. Brian kept us alive, man, because we don't, we didn't, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know if the correct term is not technically sound or if Brian's going to say, no, you're an idiot technically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything at all. And um, Brian's photos are what got us out there on social media. Like we would share the photos and that's how we got it going. And um, I think it's the team. I think, you know, it's, it's all I've, I think it's, it's, it's definitely all I've wanted it to be because we 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 don't we don't we're not greedy. We're not in it for money. We're not in it. I don't want to. I don't want to be the biggest promoter in Ontario. I have no desire to be. the The original plan for the Barry Wrestling was to bring people into the church on a Saturday night, and maybe they'd come back the next day for Sunday service. That was literally the only reason we did it. And I don't leave with money personally. I don't take money home, and that's the goal because I find once. Once a promoter starts taking money and they start thinking, okay, then how, I can make a little more if I just told this guy not to show up. Like if I cut him off and uh, it's just making good relationships, you know, like our team, Brian on photography and Shelly does the sound, Jim's on, on, on the announcing, my wife, everything else as far as, you know, runs the door, takes care of stuff at home, takes care of stuff inside there, inside the building so I can relax and focus on the creative side. Um, there's a guy named Eric who is creatively, I bounce stuff off of him sometimes and he helps out all over. Like it's just a team effort and nobody's out for glory. That, that's the, that's the main thing. Nobody it sounds like just a bunch of cronies like to follow you around. <laughs> a bunch of cronies. Yeah. That's an inside thing for us. Yeah. A bunch of cronies. But, uh, um, but I think that's all it is. And, and we've built enough trust over the years with the guys, you know, they know that, I mean, there's times that I've had guys come in and they said, I said, look, I can't, afford it i don't know what the gate's going to be like so i don't want to risk it and they're like okay i'll tell you what i'll do it for this much and i'll say yeah i can afford that and it's happened before at the end of the night um i'll give them their pay envelope and i'm like listen it was a good crowd so your regular pays in there like I, I, it's kind of hard to lie to a wrestler and say yeah the gate was small and they can see the crowd they can tell it wasn't so just give them his money like give, give them their money if, if you know, they might have said, yeah, I'll do it for this much, but if they're worth this much, then give it to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's 
wrestling can be very seedy, very shady, no doubt about it. But you don't have to let it go that way. And you know, you know, if somebody cancels on you for a bigger show, well, that's that's okay because they're trying to get their name out there. You don't own these wrestlers; they don't have a contract right. with you. So, um, yeah, it's all I've wanted because, uh, you know, I've always wanted. I, I was going through little duotags and notebooks of when I was like probably ten or eleven making tournaments uh, and using wrestlers, <laughs> and here we are making tournaments. You know, it's uh, that's right, oh, Ontario Cup. Yeah. yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's it's fun. Um, you're, you've mentioned earlier how you're very friendly with so many people, um, in the political world. You, you kind of mentioned a few names. So I'm very friendly with this person, friendly yeah. with that person. I know you to be very social and, um, you, you knew the mayor, I, you had the mayor at your place. You had radio stations at, at wrestling. Yeah. Um, obviously being a writer, you're able to use words in a good way. Yeah. And I'm sure that's helped you with booking people and getting people into the, into uh, the venue. Uh, like you had Jake the Snake Roberts there, yeah. Last minute, but kind of at the same time, you don't book big names. No, yeah, we we focus on Ontario people. Like, uh, you know, there's no point spending a ton of money. Uh, I think you have to know your crowd, and I think the big names are booked by you know, not always, but by people who want to meet their heroes. And it's like, well, then you're going to lose your shirt because I, I actually don't know right now of any promotion that hasn't lost money and. I don't know all of them, but I've heard of so many that have lost money on a show. And I can say that we have not, not once, not once lost money. Never once broken even, always make even. Never, never. Because the minute I lose money, I'm out. I, I have no desire to do it. Right. So, there, you know, it's kind of hard to say to your wife, like, hey, I'm going to spend this much money that we don't have because I want to see this guy come in and I want to get a picture with him. It's not worth it. And if you're, you know, and everybody has a different view. Like maybe somebody wants to do that. Maybe they want to have the biggest show in Canada. So they're going to book the biggest names. That's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not for us. We, we serve our community. Our community loves what we do. No need to change it. You know, there's just no need to do it. It's also good because you, uh, you're giving people who are like either starting out um, or maybe not have, as big of a name out there, more exposure to more people. You're um, getting back to the community and, and that kind yeah. of thing. So that's really great. That's where that's how we started. We used young people because we were new and we can't afford the bigger, bigger names. So the even like the bigger names are just Ontario. So we had young guys and I think the bed Brian would agree the best story we have is the very first match that I ever booked were two guys, Vaughn Vertigo and Gabriel Ferza. And right now, seven years later, they're our top guys. They're loyal as all hell. And, you know, I'll, 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 just the other day, I got, you know, in a conversation with one of them, just saying, hey, I just want to talk about something. And then you know, we got to do this. We got to start doing this. And they've turned to the shy kids who didn't want to say anything because they didn't want to be let go by the promoter to realizing they can tell me what's on their mind and we can talk. And, um, they're real leaders. They're not even just real leaders in our locker room. They're real leaders around Ontario. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, for those of you awesome. who have seen my photo, actually, in, in your store, Aurora, mm -hmm. the big photo that I shot that's in your store right now in Woodbridge yeah. is Vertigo and Fuerza, uh, the two guys that he's talking about. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I was thinking when we were talking about this conversation, I was thinking about that photo. Um, and I was talking to Alex, one of the part-timers at my store, and I said, oh, yeah, so... 
uh, I do this podcast, I film every Monday, and then he said, oh, what's it about? And I told him, and I said, you know, I do it with Brian, and actually, Brian's photo is right there. So that's his wrestling photo, and he's just like, wow, this one of my favorite in the store. I've that's always cool. thought that, so it was pretty cool. Well, it's um, thanks to Sean that that even happened. I mean, it, it, allowing me some time with the wrestlers beforehand to play. And, and this yeah. is another thing. Um, a lot of people have gotten on my case in the past about not charging when I shoot wrestling. Um, I don't charge. I shoot for me. That's my hashtag in life. I don't charge for stuff that I love to do. Uh, I've been shooting wrestling with Ron Hutchinson back with AWF, and that led to you know the PWE thing with Drury that you were talking about. Yep. Yep. Um, and then that kind of just transitioned into working with Sean. And it's just been such a rewarding thing for me. Uh, it's paid me in so many ways that uh and plus shelly loves it i mean come yeah. on like i like i can't get shelly to go to wrestling right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's worked out really well for me and that's my defense when i you know people criticize me for not taking pay to shoot for barry but yeah. there's a few things that i think have benefited from this first of all um a lot of wrestlers have had photos shared and there's been a lot of um buzz created by that um as Sean said, you know, the wrestling can continue to go even during slower times. You have old data and old old stuff that you can put yeah, out. Absolutely. Um, it's not just helped you, but it's helped me and it's helped the people that I teach and it's helped so many other people with what I've learned from doing it. So I think the philosophy of, you know, just doing things for people that do good work is what my big takeaway is from yeah. Barry Wrestling. Uh, it's a lot of people who do a lot of things for um, for good reasons. Yeah. I mean, you hold it in a church. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we've often, you know, a lot of people say sometimes, you know, especially from the fall to the spring, our, our crowds are huge. You know, I mean, Barry's a hard town to book. And what's stuff. a huge crowd. What's a, yeah, huge crowd? a huge crowd we've had is we we've hit three fifty a few times and that's probably our, like, that's when people get to the door and the man just like, we have no more seats and like kind of stand on the wall and they're like, She's like, yeah, I, sure, and they'll pay the front of the wall, and you know, it's it's like we will get this this just this packed gym, and at intermission, the best thing is is people are talking to each other like they know each other. I, there's people that don't attend our church; they've never attended a church, but they said that you know they come home. They're, well, we're going home this weekend, or we'll see you. You know, and I've had people say, oh, that's my church. Or not to me. I've, I've heard people say, that's my church. Yeah, yeah, that's where the wrestling is. That's my church. That's good enough for me. Like, you know, I don't need you to come Sunday morning if you don't want to. But um, it, it is I, – I enjoy walking around and talking to people and seeing them and saying, yeah, how's – you know, realizing that one of the kids isn't here. Where's the other kid? Oh, he's at Grandma's. Oh, okay. And I, I love that part of it because that's what it's – that's what it is. One of the, When I first got into it um, – I got a message from somebody. It turned into a bit of a conversation with them. And uh, they said, listen, man, if, if you're not in this business to make the most money you possibly can, you shouldn't even be in it. And I was like, I will never be like that. That is never going to happen. And seven years later, we're not. We're still not like that. And, uh, yeah, it, I'm glad. Well, Kudos to you, man. Um, yeah. I've said it to you before. I've, I've said it to, uh, to anybody who'd listen that Barry is different. Barry wrestling is different than a lot of places. And it's because of the leadership. Anything is always because of the people at the top and you and Amanda are pretty awesome. So Thanks. thank you for all the things that you've been doing for the wrestlers in Barry and for people like myself and Shelly who get to be involved in such a cool thing. Uh, you, you've welcomed us into that whole 
the cronies, which I'm a proud Crow. member of. Yes. Um, <laughs> and a proud Barry Wrestling Hall of Famer, which is yes. pretty awesome for me. Yeah, that was uh, a moment for us. We were so happy to do that. And on my anniversary too, which was really yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And thank you, thank you so much, man. And, and for all the writing and all the stories that you bring to people, I mean, that's a really important thing that you do. So thank you. I, I hope it. I hope it lasts for you for until you're ready to be done with it. Yes, yes. So I cast my millions from making uh, money. Yeah, on. yeah. Until we make our millions from all this <laughs> stuff. Um, Mark Roar, do you have any other questions before we get to our three big questions before we end the show? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, say I, I happened to uh, be able to make the very wrestling one night when I lived down there. Um, I came down to help Brian. I was one of his voice activated lights. Um, so I was Val. <laughs> and uh, so I, I got to be there and see uh, firsthand. Like I'd seen wrestling on TV. I was never a huge fan, um, probably because I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was a child. But uh, <laughs> if I was allowed to watch it, I probably would have been a fan. <laughs> um, but it was um, it was interesting to see and it was neat to see how the the wrestlers worked out because uh, i think that that night brian they were doing their finishing moves if i'm not correct that's right they were, yeah. they were getting pictures right. of their big finish and it was really cool to see how they worked together that that effort okay i'm going to make sure this but they were keeping each other's safety in mind yeah uh, and i know we had a we had a wrestler on the show before and and he said he wasn't an athlete and i said you are an athlete yeah. you absolutely are because i'm not an athlete and i couldn't do that yeah, uh, you know, I, I could carry the storyline, but then as soon as I got in the ring, I'd be like, "All right, I'm gassed out, I'm done." Yeah, but, but it was just it was just so cool to see how they they all came out, they all wanted to come out and get their pictures from Brian, and yeah. uh, and and help Brian get those pictures and the, and the different lighting techniques because we were using, I think at the time, Brian, you were still using the, the creative lighting system, right? Yeah, the point, yeah. the pop up flash so, to fire yeah. the other flashes. Yeah, so for me as a photographer, I knew how to use that system because Brian had taught me. Because that's yeah. the teacher that he is. But then that evening, where I was there, it really showed me how to expand that, how to make it bigger for my own pictures. Yeah. Not that I've done anything quite that big, where I'm trying to write and light up an entire gymnasium. But I, I think there's a lot of good that comes out of that. And uh, absolutely kudos wow. to you guys for running it on basically a, a zero profit model yeah. and making sure that the wrestlers get taken care of and and that you've got uh, the fans are taken care of. Because I've seen the pictures, I've seen the video. And there are people that, that really enjoy yeah. being there and they love being there. I, I just wish now that things are starting up again, it was e it would be easier for me to get there to see it. But Yeah, for sure. You know, 16 yeah. hours is a little bit much. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a commute from Thunder Bay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just want to say kudos to you for keeping Thank it going and, and all the good that you do with reporting the news and Thank things you. like that. Thank That's you. excellent to see. And thank you very much for being here with us. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I have two things actually. Yeah. Um, one, uh, getting back to the first people you ever booked a show with, I'm sorry, I can't remember yeah. their names, um, but, or the people that you've started out with. Um, I'm just curious what it's been like to uh, kind of see those people grow. Um, and even uh, I can answer that one. Like, yeah, you know, like, you go ahead, Sean. Feeling like, uh, I guess there's obviously some sort of feeling of pride. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'll let you get it's, into it. It's amazing. And particularly with those two guys, uh, just first of all, you know, Vaughn Vertigo has gone to the United Kingdom, but he's going to, he's focusing on Europe. A lot of wrestlers in Canada will focus on the U.S. Um, and uh, it, it's been fun to see him go out there. Um, I think a, a really good example is um, they haven't been with us as long, but they've been here for about three and a half years. But uh, there's a, a guy's called the Buffalo Boy. And um, 
one of them, uh, you know, Kevin Blackwood, Puff, and Daniel Garcia, uh, they got on they got on TV one time on AEW, and you know, as a wrestler, you don't you don't tell anybody because at the last minute you might be pulled, and then you look like a fool for telling everybody. So we, my family, we were out, and I came home and I turned the TV on, and uh, the kids were kind of walking around the living room, and I was checking out the TV, and Puff came out. And this house exploded. Like the this kids one were, too. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, oh yeah, god, it's Puff, and we were going ballistic, and um, it was unbelievable. And it was and, and the Kevin's one of my favorite wrestlers, but Daniel Garcia right now is the kid's twenty one, and he's the best. Uh, he's the number one wrestler, indie wrestler, North America. It was on a rating right now that uh, that's out. I just saw the post today, actually. Um, or not today, whatever the show airs, whatever. And uh, but yeah, it, it, it was crazy. It, it's crazy to see them succeed and move on because you want that, you know, you want them to move on. Um, see, they're a really good example too because not only did they, um, I mean, these are three guys from Buffalo who traveled to Canada to bury Ontario, yeah, and treat it like it's Madison Square Garden, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, they give it a hundred percent every single time they show up. Um, and then one day on the ride back from Montreal, they got in a really bad car accident yeah. and they they're almost lost their lives, but yeah. I mean, they certainly almost lost their careers and Sean stepped up and tried to raise some money and tried to, you know, help out these guys. But Brian stepped up that nah, he's doing it again. Brian did some awesome work with some photos and, and we sold it. We, we got not sold. We, we were able to raise money through those photos. Yeah. Um, it's just, but that's the kind of thing that that you do. I mean, this is a very wrestling initiative to try and help out these guys who potentially couldn't wrestle anymore. Yeah. And you know, that's that's what it's about. It's amazing that they were. It's amazing that Daniel could walk, for example. And he's now the best wrestler in North America, indie wrestler. Yeah. So yeah, they're a great story. And, yeah, and I remember that also, story. It was yeah, crazy. Yeah. To the, to, to the point of all wrestlers, and I, I got to give wrestlers a lot of credit. Uh, yeah. Vertigo and Fuerza. I have like ridiculous pride for these guys. And all I did was they take their picture. These guys work out all the time. They are continuously training. They're continuously trying to better themselves. Uh, Vertigo went to college for video production and so on. And he's been making incredible videos. He did backyard pro. He's going to be a guest of ours actually. coming That's, on. that's, yes, that's, that's, yes, yes, that's right. He, he's, yeah. He's so good. So good. And this is why I love wrestling because you meet people like this. Yeah. You know, awesome. we had, we had Brendan on as our first guest. Uh, and that was important to me to have yeah. a wrestler on as our first guest and him specifically yeah. because I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs shooting wrestling. Yeah. There was a, there was a period where I almost gave up shooting entirely because of some of the blowback that I got from shooting for free or whatever. Really? And, um, it was really just seeing and seeing the wrestlers and seeing how they welcomed me in and they were friendly to me yeah. and they were nice, genuinely nice people, even though they're beating the crap out of each other in the yeah. ring. Uh, and like Mark said, you know, they work together. They, they have to work together or else they won't yeah. work together the next day. So that whole world taught me so much and yeah. gave me so much. And I cannot thank you, Sean, enough because it's pretty much you that oh, did that for me. So you guys are fantastic. Yes, thank awesome. you very much. Oh, cool. Okay, so now the questions. Wait, oh, I have one wait, more. You have your second question. I have Sorry, one more. I know we're getting close to the end. Wait, no, it's okay. <laughs> we can um, record all night. So, uh, 
Well, maybe first not thing all before the question. But, <laughs> uh, first thing before the question, I, I just want to say I, I've never watched wrestling, even since the Brendan episode. <laughs> and I left the Brendan episode being very inspired, very excited uh, to see, you know, a, a wrestling show because I think that would be very interesting. This is kind of like reinvigorated that yeah. again. Um, yeah. So when it it picks up, I'd love to go uh, and see a show at, at Barry because I live July in July 31st. July first. Okay, okay. I'll, 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 I'll probably be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, my other question was actually a question that Brian kind of led into right at the beginning of this wrestling conversation about um, how you uh, stand up for things in the wrestling world. And I, we never went back to that. And I'm, yeah, I'm right. just curious what, uh, even if it's like a small summarization of that, because. That, that stuck out in my mind. As far as like social issues and stuff, or standing up for like uh, when people comment and when and, people comment or potentially troll or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Brian said you kind of do the opposite in uh, yeah. in well, the wrestling world. Sometimes. Okay, let me let me give you a little <laughs> bit of uh, backstory. We can yeah. be at a, at a wrestling event, and all of a sudden, the wrestling fanatics will start to um, totally disrespect Sean. Sean, you suck. Sean, you know, Gibson sucks. Gibson sucks. There's chance, all that kind of stuff. And that's yeah. really where I, where I notice it more. I mean, and on threads, on social media, it's all very lighthearted. John McHale yeah. can only say so much, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, there's uh, there's so many other things that happen at a wrestling event. And do you just slough that off as being all in fun or yeah. does that ever bother you? You know, you know what? That's a good question. So with the, a lot of times with the, with the fans, you know, Gibson sucks or, or uh, they get on me, uh, it, whatever it's the fans. And, but um, I, there's a lot of stuff I take to heart. Like one of the hardest things about wrestling is I, I'm trying to please everybody and you just can't. So like a rest, you know, I just had this conversation on the week on this past weekend and, you know, five wrestlers will say, you should do it this way. And five will say, no, don't do it that way. Like you, you there's all these different opinions. And I I have anxiety. I, I um, you know, I always feel like I'm not doing it. I'm one of those people, I don't I'm not doing enough. It's never gonna work, I'm not good enough. And if I have a day and then and then something happens with wrestling, my my escape, the thing that helps me escape, and then I don't feel good there, um, that's a that's a bad day. You know, that's a bad anxiety-driven day. And a few of the wrestlers, Fuerza and, and Vertigo, but uh, Vertigo and I talk, but I, I would say Fuerza, uh, Gabriel Fuerza and I, um, I'll kind of shoot him a message and say, hey, you know, and he, I think he can tell when my anxiety's up by the way I'm asking questions. And he'll be like, don't worry about it. Who cares? Just do it. You're the boss. Do it your way. Like, just do it the way you have to do it. And But that's the hardest job is trying to please everybody, and you can't, right? But mm. uh, at the end of the day, the, you know, I've got to make the final call. And They'll live with it. They'll be fine with it. Unless they really hate it and they say, Sean, I'm telling you, this is a mistake. You know, then we listen. Then I listen and, and say, but yeah, it, it, when it's the fans, you know, um, Gibson sucks or whatever. That uh, that doesn't bug me. That that's okay. That's that's that uh, that's all right. Except when they start hating the, hating on the Steelers or something. Well, they're clearly they're not right. They're, 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 they're clearly wrong. But, uh, that's fine. Mark, that's football. Football. Oh, I was gonna say I don't. I was just gonna say I don't watch baseball. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just in case you didn't figure that out, Sean, I don't sport at all. I don't do the sport. I, I, yeah. 
I don't, I don't sport at all. Like I, uh, I live for the sport. <laughs> I, I actually said to my wife tonight, we were at the chiropractor. I, I uh, and and the Olympics are on the the screen, and I said every time the Olympics are on, I am so conflicted. And she yeah. goes, "Why?" I said, "Because I don't care about sports one iota, not at all. But I want Canada to win." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was driving home. I was driving home one morning, and, and the radio. I was listening to my radio station. I was see Fresh ninety three, and um, it was when the Euro Cup was on, the recent soccer thing. And the Matt, Matt and Tara is the morning show. Matt was talking about, you know, the soccer game and this and that. And Tara was like, wait, is this what's happening? Sean's feed right now is nothing but something. And is it the soccer he's talking about? And he's like, yeah, he's, he's cheering for England. And she was like, I, I don't even know what he's talking about half the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love my sports. I love it. Yeah. When I don't know what you're talking about, I know it's soccer. Yeah, I know it's soccer. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we good for the three questions? Oh, yes. Wow. Awesome. All right. First question is one that you know already. We asked you earlier. Uh, okay. We ask our guests to give a challenge to our viewers, our listeners, something that has helped you in the past or something that you think may help them in their future. So uh, you gave a, a great challenge. Maybe I'll let you, well, not maybe, definitely go ahead. Yeah. I would just, you know, uh, I, I think what I had said was to go for it. Was that the one I was talking about? Uh, your answer is, do you want me to read it for you? Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it you can't it do it if you can't try. Yeah. And that, that's it. Like with the, with journalism, I had been freelancing for a while, but working in warehouses and I would do these stories, these fantastic stories that, I, that were so exciting and so fun. And it went about, about the Colts and the, the Barry Colts and their big OHL run, or it was something to do with the politics and having lunch with the mayor at a luncheon or something. And then I got back to this warehouse and nothing wrong with warehousing, but I would get back there and it was dark and dusty and dirty and it just drained everything in me. And I, I got a, I had a back injury that had snuck up on me and I had to take some time off and I focused on writing and, and uh, you know, met Amanda and uh, we were dating and she's like, just quit your job and do freelance. And I'm like, that's not going to pay the bills. Like I, you'd have to make a certain amount of stories or get a certain amount of stories done. And she's like, so do them. And I was like, it's not that easy. And she's like, it is that easy. She's like, you've got to do something better in your life that you want to do. And that's what I did. And focus on on writing. And, you know, I, I, the story, when I got hired full time, I'd been freelancing for five years with uh, Barry Today at the time. And um, apparently the bot, there was a big meeting and, and I didn't go because I was a freelancer. It wasn't invited. Not, they were being rude. They just didn't have me on the list. And, and I, I, the story was that he was like, where's Sean? And they're like, oh, he's he freelances. He's, he's still at home. And he's like, hire him on. He's been here. Like, he was one of the original Barry Today people. Like, get him on here. So they got me on. That was, so yeah, absolutely go for it. Like, whatever the dream is, go for it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Awesome. All right. Next question. And uh, this is the important one. Okay. Uh, what's your jam? <laughs> What's my jam? What's your jam? What's that song that just kicks you in the ass? And every time you hear it, you have to listen to it all the way through. You just I, <laughs> I uh, so particularly in the winter. In the winter, I get very creative. I have songs. I'm a big song guy. So like it's fall music. And when the spring hits, it's a different. It's a different tragical hip album than it is a tragical hip album <laughs> all of the winter. But um, uh, I am. Uh, I'm a huge. Um, 90s Canadiana person. So in the as soon as winter hits and it's cold outside, Northern Pikes goes on, um, or tragically hit. But I, I've but to answer it song wise, 
I, I always answer this two ways. Tragically Hip, anything from the album fully, completely. But if I was stuck on a desert island and I had one song that I could have for the rest of my life, it would be Foo Fighters Everlong. I, I would listen to that for the rest of my life. Um, I don't know what it is. It's every emotion involved at the same time. So, yeah, that's that's the song I like. First time I heard that song, Dave Grohl played it acoustic on uh, the Howard Stern show. Oh, wow. He just sat there with a the guitar and did Everlong. And well, it's, unbelievable. I mean, it's fantastic. But I'm a, I'm a big, like, I love everything. Like, I'm a big country fan. Um, Sarah McLaughlin and I have been in a relationship for close to 20 years. She doesn't know it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Sarah McLaughlin, I love, I love, love, love Sarah McLaughlin. So, yeah, I, I listen to everything. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Next question. And this one is the big one. All right. <laughs> this isn't the big one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, a tool of the trade. Um, and I always say this when I, when I talk about the tool of the trade question, because in photography, everybody likes to show off their stuff. Everybody likes to look in my camera bag. This is what's in my bag videos and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of those things. I don't like showing off this or that. I don't think the gear makes the man. But there's usually something that will improve your day-to-day. -day. There's usually a tool that you go to, whether it's a cerebral tool, whether it's a physical tool, whatever it may be, that just gets you through the day and you need – you use all the time. What is your tool of trade? Besides coffee – uh <laughs> I, I love coffee that's a good answer that's a uh, good answer nobody yeah, said that yet yeah coffee is everything to me i love it so um i'm a big coffee person and i i actually need like first thing in the morning two cups of coffee to get me going just th that creative like my favorite mug um and all that but um yeah coffee for sure but i as a reporter um this is gonna sound silly but like a, a recorder and I know it's like, well, obviously you'd have a recorder, but um, particularly in this day and age, a recorder, because if not, um, you get the potential to have the, no, I never said that. I, that's not yeah. what I said. It's like, yes, you did. I have my recorder right here. So um, yeah, I can't leave the house without that uh, to cover a story or to, to do anything. And not to mention, I have a terrible memory. So it's good to have that on there. Another thing we have in common. Yes. <laughs> I have a good memory. It's just short. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I remember stuff from when I was a kid way better than I yeah. remember yesterday. Yeah. So. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, coffee, go back to that for a quick second. Yeah. How do you make your coffee? What's your what's your system? What would you get? I, I've seen photos that you post. Yeah. You get all these little toys. And right. I'm friends with Peter McKinnon. And Peter has all like the little things that he does. Yeah. And he makes videos and crazy stuff. What's your routine? Uh, I have – I I've been – you know, it used to just be grab the instant coffee and, and make instant coffee, but I've gotten right into it. So I've got a roaster and a, I've got a grinder and a roaster. Uh, I have an espresso thing now. Um, I always forget the name of it, but it's the one that's very stereotypical, uh, like Italian coffee shop. You know, the silver one with the sides on it. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, and I make espresso that way. But I've been I've been buying the beans now. You know green beans. I shouldn't say buy. They've been gifts from Amanda. So uh, I've had Ugandan, Sumatra, Costa Rica, uh, all these different beans throughout the world. And they, they're just, it blew my mind when they were green and you roast them. And, you know, you think, well, I'll just roast them until they're dark. And it's like, no, because you can do it like really dark. There's a timer and I time it to really dark. And because uh, I like a dark roast. And I thought, well, the light roast probably means it's a blander taste. And so when I read up on that, you find out that's not the case. And I tried the same bean at a light roast, and it pulled out more of a um, 
one of the beet, like the Ugandan, it, it pulled up more of a, a fruity flavor. When I did it really dark, it was more of a chocolatey flavor. flavor you know, so <laughs> I'm getting into that roasting and the, the grinding, and man, I love it. I ask, cool. You know, yeah, it's 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 a great hobby to have now. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mark, Aurora, anything else you'd like to ask Sean before we uh, let him go for the evening? Yeah, just when are we getting invited over for coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the coffee game's going to have to step up at the very restaurant. Yeah. Games. I'm going to have to be roasting coffee. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I just want to say thanks for coming on. And um, yeah. I probably will end up at one of the, the wrestling yeah. shows. Just I'll, to check it you, out. I'll give you yeah, a heads up when they are, Aurora. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, and thanks yeah. for having me on too. This is a lot of fun, though. Um, yeah. It's nice to get out and talk. And like Brian said, this without a doubt is the longest conversation. We've known each other for seven years, longest conversation we have because wrestling show days were so busy, you know. That's true. And it's yeah. funny because all the questions that I really need to ask you, I can't do here. So I'll have to message you after be like, what time is set up and what time is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. Uh, well, we, we we make it work. We always yeah, make it work. I sure. love working with you, Sean. I really, oh, really do. Same here. We love you guys. All right, man. All right. Well, thank you everybody for watching. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Aurora, for being here also this week. And we didn't even say it, but Ryan isn't here this week. And Ryan is the uh, Knights of the Squared Circle podcast, and you know he's all about wrestling. And I'm kind of bummed he wasn't able to make it tonight because I was I was hoping he would take the lead in this conversation and he would be the interviewer because that's his bag, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, but he had his face operated on again today, so he's that's uh, true. like I said earlier. That's probably good, Ryan, that you finally had some work done to your face. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Actually, that's good. <laughs> that's great. All right, everybody, thank you all so much. Take care. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe. Take care. Because this is episode twenty. I know. This is crazy. Hold on. What's what's twentieth anniversary? That's got to be. Yeah. What is that actually? I don't know. I've had one. I don't yeah. remember what. It is. No, I don't. <laughs> think I, I've, I've, I've had one of those as well. Yeah. I don't think I gave the right gift for it though. So. China. It's the China <laughs> episode. Yeah. Ooh, China. Is should, it we leave, episode? should we leave that How, out? Fitting. <laughs> well, I mean, China was a pretty amazing wrestler, right? So I, I, do, yeah. I, yeah. I do remember that one, Kitty. There's a Kitty I see. Kitty. Oh yeah, she's she doesn't like when I have the blinds down. I have two kittens at my house right now. Oh, you do? Oh, you must yeah. be in seventh heaven. I am. They're so cute. They're driving Andrew crazy, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh.